Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. When I think of his grace and his mercy and don't yeah, how he loves me, all I can do is thank him for blessing me. He shields me from the hurt and the pain A touch from Him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank Him for saving yes. me yes. Here we go, here we go I thank Him for my blessings every day that I wake up We were born into this sin, but He decided to save us Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank Him every night Because without Him I'd be lost Now the problem has been solved I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised But now His greatness and His mercy was revealed until my eyes I rose up from the desert. Can I help but give him praise? You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody. I want to thank you guys for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to have another conversation to grow, to grow in our faith, to grow in servant leadership. And I know today's conversation is one I've been excited for. We have servant leader Dosha Woods with us today. She is the head women's basketball coach at the University of Denver. I I have to say this first. I've heard her name for a while, but I really got put on to an amazing message that she gave um, in one of my professional developments with John Gordon. And as soon as I heard it, I had to reach out and I was so thankful that she was so willing to come on and talk. So I know this message is going to help us. I know this time and this hour is going to make us better. So coach, I just want to thank you. I thank you for time. I feel it's the greatest gift because once it's given, I can't return it to you. But in the midst of your busy schedule, you found it not rubbery to talk to us. So I'm going to turn it to you to say hello to our listeners, and we'll get this conversation started. Absolutely. Hi. Uh, as uh, Coach Chelsea mentioned, I'm Dosha Woods. I had a women's basketball coach here at the University of Denver, and I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. I know it's, um, you know, you obviously have a lot of people that you can reach out to and follow up with, and I think it's the power of social media and just really the power of being able to be in a position to share your story that it resonates with someone. So I'm excited for our conversation. For sure. And you said that best. I feel that this pandemic, even when we're kind of getting back to a, norm, a sense of normalcy, that social media piece, one of the biggest questions I always get is like, well, how did you connect with them? And one of the things I tell people is my mom, my grandparents told me, don't ever be afraid of no. What has no ever done to hurt anyone? Right. And so I just ask. And one of the things that is very consistent about amazing servant leaders is that if they can do it, they're going to do it. And it was immediate. It was just like, you know, let's figure out how to make this work. So super excited that we could connect. And, you know, I know that I'm about to go today. So <laughs> if we can just kind of see me both. Look, I got my pen. I got my paper. Look, on my hey, shirt. you see me? I'm over here. They know. I tell people, I said, there's a lot of episodes. You may hear some of this paper swishing, but I like that because that lets the listeners know that I'm grown. <laughs> but, you know. As I told you before we got on, I was like, a lot of times people don't really know the story, right? They just see the glory moments in people. They see the transitions and things. But coach, you've been in this game for a minute. 
You know, I was telling people, I laughed at Joe. I said, don't let the baby face fool you, but you've been knee deep, as they would say, in this game for a minute. Can you talk a little bit about some of the stops that led you up to the University of Denver and then just your philosophy as it pertains to women in sports and how you impact your athletes? Absolutely. Um, you know, I just finished uh, my last season. It was my first season as a head coach. Um, but it was my 20th season overall. So I've had a lot of uh, experience as an assistant, 19 years, um, the, the longest and most recently at Tulane University in New Orleans. So New Orleans, Denver, once I got adjusted to the climate, um, it, it definitely hasn't been bad at all. Um, but, you know, the, the two universities are very similar, just being private and having that academic component. Uh, and what I enjoyed about my time at Tulane, it was just working for someone like Lisa Stockton, who has been there for so long, um, allowed me to learn and grow in a lot of different areas that um, I, I probably would have been pigeonholed in had I left after, you know, two, three years. Um, leading up to that point, I'd had previous stops at Oregon State University, uh, University of Missouri, Western Illinois, where I played, and then that's actually was my first job as well, and then New Mexico State. So it's been, you know, bounced around kind of this buildup. Um, but I really think my time at Tulane just kind of prepared me and, and allowed me the confidence to, to make this transition here. So um, as you talked about having skin in the game, I've done it. it. It's been as I literally my only adult job. Um, I was fortunate the first time I've ever taken the recruiting test was 9-11, um, 2001. And I never forget, I was actually working out in the morning and then the, the test was for 11 o'clock central time. And of course, there's just all this commotion. There's TVs, there's radio. And I'm like, do I still have to take the test? Yeah. So it was all this just kind of like pressure, but um, that was really my first um, kind of jolt into it. I was a graduate assistant for about a month and we had a coach take a job and coach is like, you want the position? And I said, well, yeah, I've been living on Pell Grant for four years. So um, I remember getting my first paycheck thinking this is a Pell Grant all in one month. Like this is a whole Pell Grant check in one month. So um, <laughs> I'm fortunate, though, to start at the time that I did where I was uh, forced to just kind of have so many different roles and, and wear a lot of different hats. Um, now the game has evolved so much that you see staffs that have, um, you know, head coach, three assistants, ops, a video coordinator and all these extra positions. And I remember when I got started as a head coach, two assistants. And so I tell people I was a second, a third, the GA, the ops, all of those things. I think that's so awesome. And the reason why I wanted to kind of highlight the stops that we make is they truly do help build where we are. And it shows pretty much like your, basically your palate, your coaching palate that you've been here and there and prepared for the job. And one of the things that when that happens, the game does evolve over time. I tell people that all the time, you know, in my time of coaching and playing, the game evolves. And if you if you don't evolve with it, that is the quickest way for you to not maintain that level of success. But coach, you have done that like as at each stop, right? Uh, and I told you, I've done my homework. You, you I see, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> I do my homework now. That's how we go. And But one of the things, coach, there has been consistent success. And I don't even tailor that in just wins and losses. And one of the times, you know, when I talk to coaches and I talk to leaders, it really is trying to figure out how do you maintain that level of success, right? Because when we set the bar one year, right, we have a 20 win season. Mm -hmm. We make sure that we're not, my kids hear me always say never satisfied, that your players, that the staff is not satisfied, but we can continue building and growing to maintain that level of success. So what's that key? Like, what do you work on to ensure that it stays fresh and new and we continue to succeed? 
You know, for me personally, I try to live just very transparent. Um, now I'm being the one in charge, if you will. Uh, my staff and my team will tell you that I'm just, uh, as my mom would always say, I mean, what you say, say what you mean, say what your chest. And you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so, you know, there's times this, this year that, you know, they, they, a tough drill and the girls will be over at the water cooler or something and they'll be mumbling and I'll blow the whistle. Just make sure if you got something to say, say it so I can hear it. Like, you know, it's just, but I think the build up to that moment, to build up to that relationship is really just trying to be transparent. And I, I think about probably six years ago at, at Tulane, well, it was actually 2015, it's a year we went to the tournament. And um, I coached the guards, that was my primary position on the court. And I remember at the end of the year, we'd always have these individual meetings, it'd be the one player, the four coaches, and we'd kind of go through their whole synergy number, what they did well, what they needed to improve on. And it was all this information coming at them fast. And at the end of it, I literally, I was thinking, what if they have something for us? You know, here we are just like tearing their game apart on the court, off the court, these are all the things. And then they just kind of leave with this whole spreadsheet of what they needed to do. So after that, I sent all the guards a, a feedback questionnaire. And I said, hey, I said, I just want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Um, you know, individual workouts, um, drills, if I was in charge of it, a scout, um, just give me some feedback because I just wondered like what they thought. And, you know, honestly, that was probably transformative for my career because it, it allowed me to build a relationship with them. And, and the other thing that, um, that I heard a lot growing up is don't ask somebody for their opinion if not ready for the answer. And so I say that a lot to our players, like, I'm not going to ask you something. So I'm not going to get an attitude if I ask you what you think. I'm going to ask you, you know, I have my undergrad degrees in English and part of my love of reading and writing is just ability to kind of interpret it how you want. And, and I don't, I'd write these long papers, basically talking myself into an A because you can't tell me I'm wrong. You ask for my opinion, either you want my opinion or you want me to talk about something. So that was my way around it. But I, I think during that moment is having that with our players and, you know, honestly, the first two years, it was difficult um, because they were super honest with the feedback that they'd come back and say, and um, not everything. And I tell them like, I'm not changing all of who I am, but here's how I can meet you in the middle here. And because of that moment there, the last few years, getting the role now, as, as a head coach, really is just giving them, if there's a moment, if there's a time, a drill, a place for them to have a voice and have an opinion, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on um, them just being able to say, hey, it, like, you know, you coach basketball. One of my least favorite questions is how do we rotate? I don't care how you rotate, as long as everybody get a rep. I don't, I don't care how you rotate. Right. I thought my so, kids yeah. that. Yeah, so now I'll leave time for them. Okay, y'all y'all got two minutes to figure out how you want to rotate. As long as you rotate, everybody gets through these four spots or whatever it is. So I would say um, that, and, and what I found in that is they really feel like, you know, that they, they take some ownership because they'll give me a suggestion. And then when they see it applied, whether I like to play music, I practice, if it's a drill that doesn't require um, everybody to listen and pay attention. If it's just a shooting drill, a warm-up drill, we're going to have music, whether it's, if there's time to have music, we're going to have music. So it's going to be Janet Jackson most, most of the time until, well, I can literally go from like Janet to Meg, it's all over the place. It could be, if it's Sunday, it's going to be gospel. So, um, but That's just me. Yeah, it's to really give them a, a, a chance. But I, if you ask me the two things, I would say just being transparent and then being okay with receiving the feedback. I think too many times, this, this generation is different. You know, they have so much more access than a lot of us did growing up that when the, when you might see it as them challenging you, it's no, they just saw it on Twitter differently or they saw it on TikTok differently. And so they just 
legit want to know, like, can we do this? Or have you thought about this? And so instead of, as I did early in my career, get an attitude and like, I'm the coach and you're the player. Okay, well, send it to me. <laughs> send it to me, text it to me, I'll see. And it might show up in practice, it might not. And so I think really having that dialogue with them, that was a long one to answer uh, to your question. No, I think it was perfect. And I think that is another part of that evolution, right? Because we know we had coaches where it was just pretty much like what I say goes. Yes. What it is. I'm not asking your feedback. This is what we're doing. If you want to play is my way to highway. And so you're right. This generation truly has evolved and that's not a bad thing. And, you know, we have to be one willing to be transparent, as you said, but two, when we ask for feedback of not just our players, but anybody, we have to be willing to take what comes back through. We ask for it, right? And oftentimes I tell people that is truly how we're going to grow. No, the outside sees you. Those babies see you at your best, at your worst. They see the ups, they see everything. My kids know when I walk through the door, I can hear them. Oh, coach had a bad day, y'all. I can tell. Like they know, you know. Looking like now, I walk down here trying my best to shield, blow off the steam before I got here. But y'all, y'all act right. Coach not having a good day today. It, but they pay attention to everything. So it's very important. And that truly is how we can grow. I do an exercise with them sometimes. I just say, all right, do your coach, you know, Johnson impression or do your all the coaches on my staff. And the way they know us, and we laugh at it, of course, you know, right. we laugh at team bonding. But it's so funny because it really helps you learn a lot about yourself. It's like, yes. you know, and they're paying attention. So I, I really do, and I have that down too, being transparent, being okay to accept the opinions and the, honestly, the truth from people. Because <laughs> sometimes you see it as that, but it's, it is it is our greatest truth sometimes that we want to ignore. So and, I, and I think the other part, like adding to that, just thinking about the past year is, and, and I honestly can't tell you when it happened or how it happened, maybe it was a pandemic, but just developing a level of patience, because I think sometimes we want to just hurry up and rush through so much. And I, I just shocked myself with just how patient I was able to kind of get through the year. And it was patience in the sense of, you know, COVID help where you, there's so many restrictions, right? You can do this. You can't do this. Wear your mask, not wear your mask. You got three times, you know, a week of test or whatever it was. And to just have some patience and just know that, okay, we got practice at eight. You know, the COVID testing is at 7.15. They're running behind. Now we got to start at 8.15. Everybody's coming in scared. I'm like, okay, we'll just adjust and, and be willing be willing to be patient and adjust. And, you know, in the moment, the, the, the day, if it's something that's not so pressing, don't, don't give it so much energy. I think that's so true, Coach. And I think a lot of times we do give energy to things that don't even require it. Yes. Well, yes. I will yes. put that as the way I've been taught it is we give things life. Right. <laughs> and it, it's like it doesn't even deserve that. We give things life and it would have been sitting there. It's almost like those movies we've watched before where the dead is just dead and we go and mess with it, touch something, shift up the lever and now it's alive. But if we would have left well enough alone, mm-hmm. our time and attention, it would not have manifested into something we didn't want it to. Yes. And, you know, as it relates to on the court with the team, you know, kind of prep them about this is the drills that we have coming up. And I'll tell them, don't waste a good attitude or your energy on this first 20 minutes of practice because we have this coming up and you're going to need yep. a good attitude because I know y'all don't like to drill, but we're going to do it anyway. And yep. to like kind of get them to think, 
again, it, does it really require all the energy you're giving it right now? Like, what did you gain by that? Nothing. So <laughs> we're still going to do the drill. So I, you know, I, I won't come into practice and like, you guys just balance out what you want to give your energy to today, because, you know, you might waste it early. And now we're going to have, you know, a, an okay practice because you wasted all your good attitude energy on a warm-up drill. That's five minutes. Now you can't get through the hard drill I need you to get through. So I think that's golden. <laughs> that damn, that applies to my life, right? Yes, yes. It's it's amazing, you know. And speaking to coaches and athletic professionals, it's it's always a breath of fresh air for me um, to be able to just get the different perspectives and takes of such amazing leaders like yourself. And one of the things that I learned the most, and especially with that last comment that you said, is pretty much how you're managing and interacting and growing your players, right? And one of the biggest things I've learned actually leads me to this scripture um, that popped up today and says, and whatsoever ye do in word or in deed, do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. And I tell people often that- What scripture is that? That is Colossians 3, 17. And I laugh at that when I see it because, you know, this is seniors last week, right? Okay. And this is coming at the end of the year. So teachers and non-teachers all know what happens, right? Your inbox is blowing up. Okay. Everything is now urgent. When we told you all year, all semester, all nine weeks, the past two weeks, now everything is urgent. Then it's so easy sometimes to give our energy to things, as you said, that really where it doesn't apply. Um, it's so easy to get frustrated and forget why we do what we do. But it's also moments where that student who has, a, has been struggling, right? Has been truly trying to get it right, but has been struggling. And then they find out they're graduating. It was I said this about a week ago. It was a kid, he ran to his car. And I was like, hey, stop running. You know, don't want to hurt yourself. But what I didn't realize is this baby was running because he just found out he was graduating, right? And this was a student who truly, whatever the battle was, you knew it was a battle for him to get there. And him and his mom was just excited. But it made me remember why I do what I do. And so coaching, how does that perspective and mindset, knowing that this is a purposed position, I'll put it that way. My grandpa used to say post, as I said, but a purpose position. How does knowing that this is your calling, this is your position to truly be leading and guiding young ladies, change your perspective on coaching? You know, it, it's crazy. We, we didn't have in terms of like wins and losses, we didn't have a successful year. And people always say, what was your record? And, you know, when you're building, uh, again, I talked about being patient. I, I think building a culture from the, how I want to build it anyway, from the ground up is just having that patience. And, it, and so for me, there were so many wins this year that didn't show up. And, and, and to the point where, you know, the team would tell you in our, in our postseason meetings, you know, just how we were able to kind of establish our foundation, what we want to kind of change our image as and what we want to be. And so I think the purpose of, of, when it, when it is your purpose and you feel that way, you don't feel like you're really coming to work. And I think, you know, eventually the ball is going to stop bouncing in four or five years. You got, you know, maybe a couple of COVID kids that might get six years, but eventually the ball is going to stop bouncing. I think the joy for me is, um, again, taking over a program that we are re rebuilding and to hear a couple of the players say this is the most, most fun they've ever had playing just because of previous challenges. Um, again, it wasn't that we won every game, but it was just about the culture that we we're able to create together, um, definitely with their input. I felt like, okay, that's a win and I'm taking that. Um, the, the same, you know, when the ball stops bouncing, it's in, hey, coach, can you write me this letter of recommendation, um, you know, because of graduation and being limited? 
um, because of COVID, hey coach, I saved you two of my six tickets that I get and uh, you get a whole family you've been waiting for this moment. And, and for me, I, I think that's where the, the purpose is reinforced. You know, you, you can get so caught up in, and I'm very honest with the team about, we're not gonna remember, you might remember hard practice you know, we our signature one this year was we beat Colorado. That's a definitely a game that they're going to remember, you know, years when they're done. But it's going to be moments that, you know, uh, when we, we had a paint party, um, you know, at the conference tournament, it's going to be moments like that. We played minute to minute. Last week, we played musical chairs. That's what's going to be the memories when they get yeah, back together that they're going to talk about. So I think the purpose is just really uh, what I enjoy about coaching college women's basketball is it's the last step before adulthood. So I really enjoy being able to be in their lives where they're trying to figure themselves out. You know, they've been raised 18 years to kind of think a certain way and believe a certain way. Now we get them for this short amount of time. They're interacting with different people as teammates, coaches, professors, whether it's in the community, and to kind of see which way they're really going to shift. And, and to be a part of that um, it will always give me so much joy. I hear you and it's golden. And I think that's that's the biggest thing there too is just recognizing those intangibles, right? Like, you know, what really matters. And you saying that line, that is a line I always say the very first meeting I have with parents, I say, listen, this ball is going to stop bouncing. I don't care if you like watching it like me. I don't mm-hmm. care whatever you decide to transform it into later, but this ball is an avenue. And if you allow me to mold your baby, just give me a moment. She's not going to always come home saying good things, but I promise you, just like the word says, all things work together for the good. Everything that I'm doing is based off of that. It won't always feel good, but it's going to work for her good. So when they walk across the stage in the next couple of weeks, you may have been mad over the last four years, but I promise you everything worked for your good when they hand you that piece of paper. So I think that's golden coach. Absolutely. I think so many times it's you know, again, when you're in the heat of the moment, practice the game and you get so caught up in wins and losses and all of that. And, you know, just what we keep saying, I think if you focus so much on that, you really lose sight of the ability to be a servant leader, the ability to help somebody find their purpose, uh, a a young lady or, or even a young staff member or just another colleague. So I think, you know, being so caught up in, in the, in the outcomes of everything, I'd rather be caught up in the outcome of life and, and how you want to, to walk daily. So um, that will always be my focus. And when it's not, I will probably find something else to do. I hear that. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, Coach, how I've said it before, and you know this to be true, and to our listeners, uh, I truly was transformed. I am a person who's never going to stop learning. I feel much like you. The day I stopped learning, I need to just go do something else, right? Yeah, I can't be an educator and not want to continue growing and learning myself. And you know, paying attention to the John Gordon Positive Leadership um, Online Conference. And that is where I was impacted by your amazing message. And I told you, I said, you know, I don't care what you say in the time that we talk, but you have to run that back. As my kids say, you got to run that back because it was so impactful. And you just talk to us about, I'm not going to give it away, but I want you to give that message that was so insightful that changed my perspective and I know it's going to change our listeners perspective can you just drop that on the line just a little bit I'm just going to pass it to you and just let you give it to them you know how you gave it to me yes you know quick backstory on that you know John John Gordon is funny he um of course like I'm sure a lot of uh, your listeners and yourself have his books and a lot of them have you know very similar messages but whichever way resonates with you right is it the carpenter 
message that resonates? Is it the goldfish? Is it like, you know, the training or obviously the energy bus? So, so many different messages. But when he first started speaking, I heard him in Tampa, I want to say like 2012. And he would start with his cell phone number before he'd start the presentation, put his cell phone number up there. So I remember texting him. And so his phone is just buzzing. And he's like, you know, that's really my cell phone number. So we've kind of stayed in contact. Well, right before he asked me to speak at the Power, the Power Positive Summit, I was listening to the WBCA and he was a um, keynote speaker then. And so they had saved for questions. And I raised my hand and asked a question. Well, we get off the get off the call and then he calls. He says, it's funny that you asked the question because you God had put you in my heart to ask you to, to speak this year. Now, and like, mind you, we had, we'd, maybe a couple of Twitter exchanges, but nothing else. So it was just crazy how it all just happened so quickly. I didn't know what I was gonna say, how I was gonna say it, um, but I ended up going with one of my favorite go-to stories is my Penny story. And you know, I, I think what I love about that story and even now to, to get Penny's text from former players, friends, um, anytime they see a Penny, they're usually texting me, but uh, you know, the Penny story is simple as this. How many times have we just walked past a Penny and we're thinking, it's a penny because it just seems so useless. It's it's probably nothing more useless than a single penny, most of us think. So we just walk past. And you know, I, I have a jar. I don't I don't have one in here, but at home I literally have a jar of pennies. And then thinking, what if what happens if you pick up a penny every time you walk past it? You know, I definitely have a sweet tooth. So in my mind, that 10 cents turns into 20 cents. Now I can probably get at least one laffy taffy, maybe two for 10, depending on where I am. Um, then you know, that 10, 20 cents can turn into a dollar, two dollar. And I, what I found by having that penny theory is every time you pick one up, you know, sometimes you look down and it might be a quarter. Sometimes you look down and it might be a dollar just because just because you're looking for any opportunity where you can find it. And then started to apply that to my professional life is to be able to collect pennies. How many times are we asked to sit on this committee or um, either if you have extra five minutes for this person, you don't realize that that small exchange could lead to something bigger. Uh, that small exchange could lead to, you know, your dream job. That small exchange could lead to a promotion. And I think too many times uh, professionally and even personally, we just think it's just a penny. It's just, I, I could say no just one time. Of course, you need the work-life balance and you need to balance your time out uh, when it comes to that. But don't miss and walk past the penny because it seems so useless. Don't say no to an opportunity I'll tell you the, the quick backstory, me getting my master's um, in 2020 in a pandemic was because I agreed to be on a committee at Tulane where I worked at before and everyone was kind of going around, what's your higher ed degree in, you know, your master's or your PhD? And everyone had one except me in the room. And I was like, I don't have one. Well, this whole time I'd been employee at, at Tulane about eight years at this point. And someone said, well, you know, Tulane pays for it. And I, I had no clue. And they were like, well, yes, they pay for master's and you can get three, these only three PhD programs to choose from. But so that was on like a Tuesday. You know, I'm starting class on a Monday. I started class on a Monday based on this committee that I agreed to be on to find out knowledge I didn't know existed. So I, you know, it was really just one of those, I, I try to collect pennies physically, but then I also try to just collect pennies personally and professionally, um, even making this transition to DU, being on a couple committees across campus has already opened doors uh, probably quicker had I, had I not said yes. And that's what got me, right? I laughed because I immediately thought about my godmother um, because that's her. I don't care where we are. I don't care what we're doing, right? <laughs> What, where'd you go? She's already little. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I saw a penny. And I'm always like, oh my gosh. Like, 
And I'll never forget, there was one time, it was almost like somebody took their change pouch in the car and either it fell and they didn't pick it up, whatever, but it was like the smorgasbord of change, right? Imagine your best change jar in the car fell on the ground. She stood there and she picked up every last one of it. And I was like, oh my God, it's hot, you know? But I immediately, when I heard that message, that was the first thing I thought of, but I loved how you literally transformed it into the very things that we miss every day, which are opportunities that we find to be pretty much not effective to our career or any part to us. We say no, right? We say no to things that we feel won't benefit us, not recognizing that much like that call, right? You probably would have never expected those small exchanges. You know how many people that probably was in that same conference with you in Tampa that didn't text John Gordon? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Thinking that it's, no, it's not his real number. This is his bat phone or it's going to go to like, no, it went to him. And so, you know, even our, our relationship has built and evolved. And a couple of years ago at Tulane, we read the energy bus and it was hard to kind of get him connected. And we literally set up a, a five minute FaceTime call uh, when the team finished the book and they were like, wait, the, he wrote the, and so they, they were just like fascinated, but it's just the power of, of also just being authentic and, and going into relationships, not expecting anything other than to, to learn, honestly, sure. other than to learn and just watch how it evolved. And that's what's happened with um, both he and I's relationship. I agree. And I think so often that that's where we miss our, our biggest blessings is when we don't see that God works through people and he works through those things. But so often we say no. And we, um, I'm not doing that. That's not going to gain me anything. How many people going to do It's like that me. Right. Somebody says, are you coming? Who all over there? Exactly. Yeah, who, who? Yes. <laughs> and so, right. so often we miss out on those opportunities because we feel that they're not going to help benefit us. And I love how you correlate it. Because you can, you can correlate that very penny, penny to the exact value. You had a coach that commented, he's like, yeah, they spend too. They sure do. And it is those things right there, the, you know, master's example that you just gave, you know, sometimes even being over here, there's connections, even over the past year on these calls that individuals have come, I didn't expect to be on a day and, you know, I was able to connect with this coach and we've done this and it's all about not overlooking the opportunity. So I, I had to get you to run that one back. I appreciate you for sharing that for sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just, just to kind of translate it to basketball real quick, we, you know, I usually give it to the team at least once or twice a year and, you know, to equate it to just what, what we do in terms of you know, basketball, as a, as I talk about, it's a game of mistakes. It's a game of possessions. We talk about mistakes first because you know, everyone wants to try to play perfect. Um, but when we talk about the penny story prior to a game, it's, you know, this is a game where everybody needs to do the little things, you know, mm -hmm. that, that box out is your penny. You run on the floor hard is your penny. Uh, you getting a steal, uh, even you just asking for the ball. Everybody's collecting pennies today. We're not leaving anything. And, you know, we'll talk about it in timeout. And, you know, sometimes they'll come up, um, not necessarily here, but in the past um, at, at Tulane, when I shared a story, they'll come up and like, oh, that's my bad on a penny. Like I missed that box out. You know, I missed that penny. Oh, I got you next time. And, and, or, you know, okay, that was worth almost a dollar. You know, that whole, play <laughs> yeah, was a whole dollar. Everybody had a part in it, so. I love that. And just, and, and here's the thing, that culture that's built by that. Oh, yes. Because then, then it gives them something like, you know, we'll have a penny jar. Everybody will get a penny prior to the game. And um, it really is something to, to think about. It's so simple, but it resonates so differently with a lot of different people. Um, just because you could apply it 
again, we just apply it to sports, we can apply it to life, we can apply it to professionally, personally, um, but really just being, being in a position to, to take advantage of opportunities and not thinking anything is beneath you um, mm-hmm. or, or you're above anything either and really just having an open mind about the, the opportunity to learn. I love that. That's so good. And I think too, it allows us to be able to literally pun intended, count our blessings. Because yes. so often the things that we do, it's our mundane, we take for granted, you know, and just so ability. I tell people all the time, especially young people being the mo- you know, majority of my day, it's like you take for granted eating lunch, eating breakfast. Like you all take even those, what you feel and value as small, uh, you know, I got a new pair of J's. I'm not thinking about that. Well, you know, some people don't even know where the next meal is coming from, you know, but just reminds us, like you said, that nothing is beneath us or above us. Like we have to be grateful for everything. Blessings, both big and small. That's yes. Coach. That's yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for letting me retell that story. For sure. There was no way. Okay. You know, I had to do like the concert though. I couldn't come out in the first part of the hour. <laughs> can give it i have to do that concert you know you're at the concert you waiting for that one single they can't right. by the way they gotta hold off to towards the end <laughs> right, right better play that good one but no it's 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 just um you know it's also just crazy you, you mentioned the scripture earlier and i remember um as as i was preparing because I, I felt like i've all i was one of those coaches that's always wanted to be a head coach it wasn't like it was um an accident in the sense of it's something later on in my career that i learned and of course you know you talk about all the little pennies that along the way that I felt like, man, I got out my whole jar of pennies and still nothing. You know, I'm still an assistant. I didn't get this opportunity or this person got this opportunity. And um, I used to practice yoga a lot. I remember one, one, one yoga section, I was so distracted by somebody else on the mat. And so I actually wrote on Tumblr about it. And I'm like, what does their mat have to do with me? When I apply the pennies, I'm like, you worry about your jar. And I remember getting this job because it was just one that, you know, aligned so much with who I am and what I evolved and as a person and a coach that um, Isaiah 40, 30, Isaiah 40, 31 became my favorite scripture, just like leading up to it. I remember my whole like Facebook post was just basically those that weighed up on the Lord. And I felt like all these opportunities I had before, I was like, how come this didn't work out? This university that I and then to get this opportunity of one that checked every single box, I was like, this is just just like my bad God. That's on me. Cause like I thought we should have been gone like three years ago, but you mm-hmm. have something better. And I, and I think just having that that patience to to kind of wait and see. And so I was like, this reminds me of a first of Fred Hammond song. Um, but then like, let me find this scripture. So that that has been kind of my go-to scripture, um, Isaiah 40, 31. It was just having that ability to wait. Come on here. Coach, that's one of my favorites right there. As I started, I don't know if you saw me rocking. See, I'll be telling y'all, it's always a point of these calls. Y'all get me going a little bit. <laughs> be on <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones too. There's a song, actually, there's plenty of them, but there's a song, it's actually by Coco uh, from SWV when she shifted to uh, gospel and it's wait on the Lord. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what she says. She says, there's a blessing and waiting on Jesus. But so oftentimes we go our own way, but we must learn that God knows what's best. And in his own time, he'll answer the test. So just wait, wait on the Lord. And so often it's funny how in hindsight, we'll see it, right? Mm-hmm. Me where he's holding, the little girl has a little bear 
and he has a large bear behind him and she's like but god i love it i i love it i don't want it he's like trust me and it's like girl he got this double bear back there but know that jumbo bear blessing that he's waiting to give us we're ready to shift and move so fast right like how we how we look trying to rush god come on he's going to rush you to and he's like you just gotta wait and and i can tell you (laughs) all my notes i i i just knew for certain i was going to get this job like when i tell you not this particular job but a previous job Mm and to the point where i had the whole speech written the press conference girl i was in it and when i didn't get the job i was like in my for a good two weeks like just don't don't look at me don't talk to me neither i mean i was just like in a mood and then I was like, what does this mean? And I, I'm, I'm analyzing literally what I wrote, just kind of replaying the whole situation. And now we fast forward to this point and it was like, it, it wasn't my time uh, and God was right. I wasn't ready, you know, looking as an outsider, looking in the situation. And so, so to get here again, as I talked about how I evolved and, you know, this was a four week process in terms of the interview pro, um, part of it. And Lynn Coots, who ran the committee, now we're like, you know, I call her frost like we're friend boss because we've just hit it off so well but it literally felt like that from the first phone call and she didn't even she it was not even an offer it was just a hey how are you 30 minutes on the dot and I'm thinking I could go there we didn't talk about nothing we just said hi it was like introduction but it was just it was just crazy it was just how like you know if, if we can wait if we can wait on God if we can have patience and not rush him there's something better. There's some, and I wouldn't even say better. There's something that's going to fit you best. People always mm-hmm. think that there's something that's going to fit you. And there's a position for you that you prayed for. God has heard you. Uh, he just needs you to be patient and he's getting it ready. <laughs> Come on here. Let me tell you something. I love cook coach. I don't know about you. I love to cook. And even though I'm young. I love to eat. School. Hey, well, if you make your way down here to Florida, look, y'all put Florida State or somebody in schedule. You look, look me, I got you. <laughs> I will lay out the spread for you, okay? Yes. I love it, and I love it. I love to try new recipes, but I love old school. And if I'm going to do my meats, especially my neck bones, whatever the case may be, I'm telling you right now, the best ones, they're going to fall off the bone. Why? Because they simmer, right? Because they go, they slow cook. Right? Yes feeding that process they're gonna sit there they're gonna slow cook then i'm gonna turn them off and let them sit in their own juices so by the time you receive them they're at their best and that's how i want my blessings i don't want them brushed i don't want want no meat and that's just dry i don't want dry blessings i want my season and simmer because god decides best like you said that he's ready to give it to us that's when we're ready to receive it too Yes. And it's, you know, we want these like microwave blessings, you know, go ahead, two minutes is done. And sometimes God's like, well, hold on, let me preheat the oven. Let me make sure. Okay. I might have though. You put 350. I meant 425. So now you got to wait longer. Now yep. I got to bake and be okay with all that. You can't just put in microwave and then, cause what happens? You get something in the microwave. It's not cooked all the way through Come on. You get coming out with a half blessing because you too impatient to wait. So yeah. it, it was, you know, it really has been one of my kind of just go-to, go-to scriptures, but then also to, to have the kind of wait and see. I was, you know, getting a position in the pandemic. It's like, you can come in and give me, you know, I want this, I want that. And I was like, let me just kind of wait and see the lay of the land and just kind of mm-hmm. plot how I want to tackle this next project or uh, this next meeting or whatever it is. But the, the, wait, um, the wait and the patience part has sustained me through the pandemic. I love that. And I mean, you took over 
a program in a pandemic. That's the other portion, right? So life and coaching in general is very uncertain, right? There's ups and downs, there's shifts, there's moves. It is never constant, right? So then attach on a pandemic in your move. I can't even imagine that just that shift, right? So I just want to know, especially within the normal ups and downs of a coach, the normal decision-making of a coach that always finds its way through that changes every day now, right? Because you'll walk in with your plan and it's like, wait, what? Where did this come from? How does your faith allow you to stay balanced and grounded, right? In the midst of there's days, I'm sure you walk in that office, right? <laughs> and we can kind of forget, you know, who, who brought us and who kept us. But how does your faith allow you to kind of stay balanced and grounded to know that no matter what comes your way, well, Matt, no, no matter what I face today, it's like a thing my grandma used to have. It says, no matter what um, comes my way today, it's nothing that me and God can't handle. So how does your faith allow you to be able to handle the tests and the uncertainties and shifts of this career? Uh, that, that's like a, a later question. First is I keep a pick me up playlist on my phone. <laughs> And, and I, it, it's crazy because you know yourself better than anybody. And I can already tell if, if I'm getting ready to be in a mood or somebody is going to say something that's about to have me, you know, get up outside my character. So I'm like, hold on, let me find this song real quick. It's usually like a, you know, Fred Hammond or Kurt Franklin. Um, Come on now. That for me, yeah, like all, like just definitely like some throwbacks. So that's probably my first thing is I will just find a quick song and, and girl even in practice even in practice if they you know because we have um obviously we're in a pandemic to kind of calm my nerves sanitizer and lip gloss was my thing so they're like oh she got the sanitizer out because I'm just trying to take my time and think about what I want to say before I yeah. say it and and just trying to figure out okay is it still this important to me um so I I think that but it really again not to keep going back to just a whole wait and pause but I I will put myself in timeouts, you know, in practice, I'll go to the corner, like, just give me about a minute over here, y'all go over there and shoot, because I know I need a minute, but I think being able to check in with yourself, um, and, and being able to recognize that it might be, I will quote a scripture in a heartbeat, uh, one of my players at, at Tulane, I would always do this, I was like, hey, this is a good time for the Psalms 23, because you're going to need the Come Lord on. right now, and this, and so I, I think having some go-tos, but really music for me helps, and, and it helps kind of just keep me grounded and remind me, and if I know if I can get to my phone, if I can't get to my phone, I'm telling you, like, I'm obsessed with sanitizing, it's cheating <laughs> It's cheap now because, you know, we're, we're coming out of this pandemic, but, you know, I, I, I never like to lose sight of uh, who, who I am and whose I am and, and what it took for me to get here. And then, you know, even the same, you know, we talk about, it's like, oh, what do you do? I'll pull up the Bible, you know, real quick. I just keep it on my desk. Um, there's, a, there's actually devotionals in the back for each day or just to kind of get through scripture. So it is something that, um, you know, we all are a multitude of a lot of things. And I, I think it, it's important for us to um, always have a chance to come back to what grounds us most. And for me, it's always been my faith. It may not look like the next person. It may not seem like the next person. But I think the important thing about faith is, is you having faith in, and you having faith in Christ, right? And, and not faith in the religion, you know, because to me, those are two separate come on. So having the faith, and so I, I know people like the question, so how are you this and how are you that? It's not for you to answer. 
you know, it, it, so I, I think it's important it, how I live both authentic and transparent is super important to me. And it's funny because, you know, this starts um, how I can, I, I talk very openly about things that are important to me. And this is one of the things that are important to me, but I can also talk about basketball. I can talk about um, LGBT. I can talk about a lot of different areas that are important to me. I'm not just, don't try to put me in your box is, is how I try to live my life. I think that's so golden, coach. I really do, right? Because at the end of the day, I tell people this all the time, you know, don't lose out on your walk, your relationship, and your path with Christ because you are so focused. Yes. Go- yes. Stay on your mat. Stay yes. on your yoga mat. Yes. Get off my mat. Just, you know, <laughs> just focus on what you trying to let go on the mat. You just focus on that. And it's, and it's so hard because, you know, even now, prior to getting this job, I was so much like, look, like, how she, how he, when he... And God's like, what's that got to do with you? Is that you? Nothing. Does that say Dosha Woods? It does not have your name on a weight. So yes, it was. I think that's golden, coach. I really do. And I think that that is one of the biggest things, right? When you, you know, uh, Steve Harvey, Coach Burrell he's on here. And we listen to Steve Harvey. We stay on top of each other about our podcast that we have to make sure we're on each day. And he often talks about, you know, the makeup of a car, right? The rear view mirror versus the windshield. And he's like, why do you think the sizes of those two were made in the way that they were? You can't be looking back or even looking to the side. You already know what's bound to happen. But the windshield is big because you got to see where you're going if you're focused and looking forward on your own mat, on your own road, and staying in your lane. Yes. Kind of look to the left, to the right, over here. You're going to crash and burn because you're so focused on everyone else's journey but your own. I think that's so golden, Coach. Yes, yes. Look at us just preaching on it. I'm not not even here. I I love, but you're so right. It is just so. It's so crazy how society tries to trick you into thinking that somebody else's blessing is yours. You know, somebody Mm -hmm. else's journey is yours, and uh, it takes. You know, it takes growth. It takes maturity. It takes people, all of us, time to get there. But once you get there, you realize like there is something for me, Mm -hmm. for me to be authentic who I am. I can show up as my full self. Uh, whatever that is, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be accepted, and and be, being able to wait for that that moment. That's golden. Real quick, hold up, KB. I saw you turn turn your camera on, but you have something. I don't really. I think my girl has something for you, Coach. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I got a question. Uh, hey, Coach Woods. Uh, first, thanks for coming in and sharing your journey. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, I hear you great. Okay. Uh, my first question, um, I always like to ask about the journey. So you kind of, you answered that. It was like, you know, you're spending 10 years at Tulane and then all of a sudden, like, how did you know, like, the head coach or the next step was going to come? But you talked about that. But another question that I have is, like, during this pandemic, um, with your faith, what was something that you got during the pandemic that you didn't have before and now you're taking it to the future, if that makes sense? Patience. Uh, I, I have not, like when I tell you, I, w- I have not always been this patient of a person. And it, it shocked me, honestly, at times to just uh, when the pandemic started and getting this role and, and we started practice and there, there'd be a drill, something to happen and everybody's kind of holding their breath, waiting for my response. And I'm like, it, we just got here, everybody take their time. And then I was like, who, who said that? Wait, that was, that was me. 
So that, that developed patience, but it's something that I uh, have embraced about myself that I want to make sure I take to when we're out of the pandemic, because it, it allowed me to look at so many areas differently, whether it's with our players, relationships, um, with our administration, just building re relationships, having patience. And I think patience is one of those areas where if you give yourself time to kind of let something happen, um, th then you can see maybe not instantly the intentions, but maybe you can understand a little bit better. And the pre-COVID, uh, I was definitely that person that, you know, I see whether it's something on Twitter, I got to say something right away. I wouldn't read it. I wouldn't even nothing. I would just be like, oh, I got something to say. And now it's like, okay, let me, let me dig a little deeper before I comment. You know, let me, let me, let me try this drill this way before I really get an attitude or, or, or I say something. So I think the patience part is one that I have developed and embraced, and I want to make sure it remains a part of who I am. Cool. Thank you, Coach. Also, Thank just you. want to say, too, uh, you know, I've seen you on a um, couple of basketball things before, and one thing that was inspiring, um, like, about you was the fact that you know, you were just you, your journey on and off the court. I just thought it was most dope. So keep it up. And oh, thank you. Uh, what you're, what you're going to do at Denver. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, um, you know, I think at coaching for so long, I realized that, um, you know, we talk about when, when God does have a, a blessing for you and he's ready and you're ready to receive it and um, that next step. And I didn't realize just how important um, me just being me was, was for other people, just being transparent, being authentic, um, living that and just being able to have a little bit more visibility about all of that that makes Dosha who she is. So um, I, I've learned to embrace that a little bit more because I didn't realize how many people uh, were really listening to what I had to say. I'm just one that, so I'm a little bit more conscious now of things that I tweeted and how I tweet just because I know my platform is different. And I do think when we level up, it comes with a different responsibility and one that I, I am glad God knew I was ready for. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. We love KB. You talk about a person that is just so supportive. That is, that is her. I love it. Thank you. You know, I want to make sure. Huff, Caitlin, you good? Okay. Um, so they know, right? Anybody that listens, all my listeners know what, what it's time for. As I start to close out, there are, it's almost like coach your initiation into the servant leader family. It's almost like those defining questions that enshrines you into our family, right? And oh. so the things that I love to do, um, much like what you said, right? I have my playlist. And you have to share your playlist with me too, coach. Um, because I like to add them in. I like to add some things I may not have. Um, but in the mornings, you know, it's going to vary between me listening to my playlist. It's going to vary between me listening to certain podcasts that I love, reading certain scriptures and just kind of wait for things to resonate for me. But one of the things that I love to do that keeps me grounded and settled, even on the hardest days, is I do what's called my God is devotion. And I say God is, and then I just start to rip off. I just patiently sit there and I rip off the things that he's been to me, the things that he hasn't been, because that's one of the things we forget, right? There's things that he won't be that people can be, and that's the biggest blessing, right? Mm, say it. Say I'll it. just go, and I'll just, he's my healer. He's my sustainer. He's this. He does, and I try not to say many, because I don't want to give away or take what you may say, but you don't get a Rolodex, coach. You don't get a list, okay? You just get one today. So if I, I say get one, you just get one today. So if I say God is, and I leave a blank right here as an imaginary blank, to Dosha Woods, 
God is what? The first word that came to mind was patient. Um, <laughs> hey, look, any though? Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, God is so patient because when you think about all of our, I mean, I don't know you guys personally like that, but when I think about my journey, it's like so many times he could have just left, right? Could have mm -hmm. just left me where I was um, in situations I knew I had no business being in. And he just waited. So God is patient. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think the the patience of God has uh, sustained me so much because it's, um, he was, he was probably too patient for me at times. You know, I wanted things to move a little bit faster, but, but God is patient when, um, when we get ourselves in that adversity that we don't know how we're going to get out of, you're asking everybody but him, you know, he's still there waiting patiently. So God is patient. Come on. And I'm just hearing you and I know like if all of us take a minute, right. And just think about that. Just how I left, I came back. I was on my walk and my path with you and my path of growing in Christ. Then I went and tried it my way. All right, I cut up. You've told me what to do. I prayed and asked for the answer. You gave it to me and I still did what I wanted to do, right? And he's still yes. patient consistently. It has no ends, no bounds that mm -hmm. you're ready to come back. I don't move. I don't change my location, right? Because I'm everywhere. So I can't move. I'm waiting on you to return whenever it is that you choose to. And I'm patient. People are not patient. No, no. You know, you, know I, you said no bounds, and and the the second word that came to my mind was limitless. Come um, on, God, it's limitless. Uh, so when you said no no boundaries, that that's what reminded me of that. Is just is so he's so patient and he's limitless. Um, but I think it's us not losing our faith in what he can do for us um, to to make sure that we are ready to receive it and we're putting ourselves in a position to receive it. Come on here. You know, I just thought about that. And so often we're so ready for those blessings. We're so ready for him to just do it, right? Can, can, God, can you, can you, and, and we, we focus so much on the time that he's going to deliver that we don't even prepare for the delivery, right? So it's almost yeah. like, you know, we get new furniture. And it's like, man, I'm checking the track and I'm checking the track. And okay, now the movers here and you still have the old stuff in the way. In the way. So you say you were ready for the delivery. But now you haven't prepared yourself to receive it. Right? And so in, in his patience, even when we do crazy stuff like that, because we do, you know, we'll ask, I'm ready for upward mobility. I'm ready for this. And it's like, okay. And then the person asks you, what, what professional developments have you been to? Oh, well, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, <But> you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, help me understand. So I'm just so thankful for that. And I think you're, ama you're amazing on that. You're right on. He's patient, but he's limitless. And he knows. I know he sits down here and he's just like, Chelsea, for real? I thought we'd talk about this. Now look, let, let me look back when we had this discussion back in like 2003, I told him. Right. And I know he sits there. Sometimes I say this. It's the preacher's wife. I love the preacher's wife. I don't care if it's not Christmas. I'm watching it. I'm listening to the... Right. I love the preacher's wife. Yes. And so it's almost, I tell people, it's like that scene where Denzel Washington's uh, Dudley, when he, when the, the, the husband finally gets it and he's comes out, he's like, yes, he has it. I know that's how God is. I know God is like, oh my gosh, y'all, come on. You're right there. You're, you're right there. And finally, when we get it, it's like, oh my God, yes, they finally understand. 
they finally, after this 17th time of getting the same test, they finally get that this is me, that this is me showing up and, and this is what I said I was going to do. And it's just amazing. But even still, he is patient with us. Yes. Yes. On, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Not, no, not yet. Not yet. He's still, honestly, for a lot of us, just getting started. So come on now. Just, just getting started. Don't start now. I'm trying to wind you down and get you back to your day coaching. You see, it's you. It's you. <laughs> it is me. It is me. This, this has been so phenomenal. Um, I, as I told you, I, I honestly didn't know what to expect. Um, but this is, um, this is definitely the highlight of my day. So I really appreciate the opportunity to speak. Yeah, really. I I honestly like kind of coming in blind, not really knowing. Obviously I knew we talked a little bit about, um, John Gordon, but it's really been a great conversation. So I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you. And I think that's the, that's the blessing in it. And that's the, the piece where I am consistently obedient. I will give you, you know, kind of the law and the lay of the land but God is going to have his way, however that looks. And I think that that is the beauty of it. When we're just obedient, everything falls how it's supposed to. Um, you know, so of course, naturally. That's good. That's good. <laughs> look at you. I'll let you write. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing that down. And I've learned that though, coach, I really have in every part of my life. And I have so much peace in that now that, that I can just allow him to have his way. Right. And think about it. And everything that we do in life, if we let him have his way. It's like, wow, man, that just kind of fell how it was supposed to. Right, right. (laughs) But of course, coach, this is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, where faith and servant leadership is at the center of what we do, the core of what we do, and the forefront of what we do. It's just what we do, right? But one of the biggest things as leaders is we will assume that individuals know what we're asking them to be. So you got to be better servant leaders. Well, who has truly sat down and said, this is the platform. This is what that means, right? And the greatest servant leader and the greatest example of a servant leader, Jesus Christ, he laid that platform for all of us, right? So one of the things that I am here to do is to create the longest, but the best definition and truest definition. So when listeners listen and understand, they'll know what servant leadership is from some of the best leaders out there. So if I were to ask you, Coach Dosha Woods, servant leadership, two words that can take on so many meanings. But I'm asking you, servant leadership, what does that mean to you? Um, to have the confidence to be vulnerable enough to lead when it's hard and have the courage to um, follow when necessary. Come on. Yeah. Um, I, I think those two things to be able to, um, you know, be vulnerable enough to lead and be courageous enough to follow. Um, because when you're serving, both of those things are, are um, equally as important. A whole word. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Like a whole word, coach. I ain't even going to go because I could go another five minutes on that. I'm not going to do that. Because <laughs> of time and persons. But I'm telling you, that is golden. Because I think that is there's a time and place for everything. Ecclesiastes, he tells us that. Right. And there's a time to lead, but there's also a time to follow. And the best follow the best leaders are able to follow. Absolutely, I think sometimes leaders get caught up in I'm the leader, I'm the leader. And there's sometimes, again, you know, my 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 assistants they might have a better idea. Okay, y'all tell me. You know, there's a uh, there's a picture of one of my assistants in timeout. Okay, you take the clipboard, draw it up. Okay, you know, and and I you know I I've 
took me some time to get that confidence to be able to do that, especially as a first year head coach, but it's okay. You, you draw it up the players, you know, Hey coach, what about this? Or they're guarding me this way. Can we run this? Okay. Wait, wait, we get, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and I think it's just one of those that uh, sometimes, you know, leadership is, is definitely being at uh, people see, you know, me first in terms of being the head coach, but uh, it's also having a confidence and, and courage to know when, okay, this is a moment I can be a follower and it's going to also move us forward. I dropped my mic. I want to buy another one. That's golden, coach. That's golden right there. Coach, I love it. I thank you, man. I thank you so much just for, I already knew. I knew. You know, you just know. It's almost like double dutch, right? I can't double dutch. But every time ready for a call See, that's gonna be our extra five minutes we have to talk about not being able to double dutch i don't know how to double dutch so here's the plan you come to tallahassee florida i'm a cook and you teach me how to do double dutch wait when i have this baby though first yeah yeah, yeah baby you have, you have the baby you want double dutch around <laughs> well, you are having a little girl a little girl yes okay well you're gonna have to learn yeah i know i'm gonna have to so no one taught me right but i i will have the courage to follow the leader so <laughs> me how to double yes <laughs> oh you are awesome i love it i appreciate you so much i really do just for the growth the conversation um just for your humility truly like that i think that's the biggest thing that exudes from you it's just you're so humble and it does not surprise me how god is going to continue to bless you um as you move and we we're gonna watch and follow and be cheering you on every step of the way well, thank you again. I really appreciate this opportunity. Like I said, it, it's been the highlight of my day. So um, I appreciate it. And I definitely can't wait to honestly go back and listen to a few others. So thank you. I love it. Well, before you go, we got to cover you. Okay. So everybody bow your heads real quick. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you right now again for another day, another chance to get it right. We thank you for another hour, Lord God, just to grow to intertwined paths that you laid and you said this had nothing to do with us lord god but you ordained this call for us to just meet and to resonate your words lord god to make us better i ask that you give a special touch to coach woods lord god as she continues to lead and guide the young ladies that you've blessed her with lord god help her every day lord god and restore and renew her with energy to be able to follow the path follow the plan lord god and be successful in everything that she touches lord god give her the strength give her the power the knowledge and understanding lord god i pray that you touch every listener on this call lord god you left the 99 for the one so even if it be one i ask that you touch them lord god but most of all help us to continue to be lights so that those that may not know you can seek and find you and your son jesus name will always pray amen 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 coach your church now Coach, you are now a part. Yes. Leader family. Welcome. Come on in. Take off your shoes. Stay yes. away. Look, look, and let me go ahead and get my plate. Put my name on. <laughs> look, I got you. I'm telling you, I got you, Coach. We appreciate you so much. If there's anything that I can ever do, all you got to do is reach out. All right. Thank you, Coach. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>